So a question Keith and I ask all the time is, what future is there for independent radio stations in our age of these large groups like Odyssey and iHeart? Well, this morning, we're going to find out. Good morning. I'm Jackson Weaver, along with my co-host, Keith Samuels, down in Southern California. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Jackson. And today we're doing kind of a rare special edition of Media Insultant. As you know, each Tuesday and Thursday we get together and we offer opinions and thoughts on everything going on in the media space, even some rude comments about, uh, <laughs> about some decisions that get made, because none of us really live in a silo. So we talk about things uh, other than radio and TV. We also dabble in digital and print and some other things. So this special edition today, we are welcoming Ron Stone, to Media Insultant. Ron is head of Adams Radio Group, and most recently he started a new organization called the IBA, the Independent Broadcasters Association. Ron, thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you uh, having me on. Well, we've got a lot of territory we'd like to cover today, so I'm going to jump into the first question. Keith, you interrupt any time you want. Well, I don't know why I tell you that. You interrupt anyway. Uh, Ron, uh, why is IBA going to make a difference in what some people consider really a dying business? Well, I think first and foremost, most independent broadcasters uh, that, that have been in this business their entire career, sometimes multi-generational, uh, you know, inherited stations from their parents, uh, I, I think they would disagree that it's a dying um, industry. I, I think the thing that separates um, the local independent broadcaster from perhaps the bigger companies, the the more public, you know, the public companies, is the fact that they're still live and local. They still are very much on the street in their communities, serving their communities, and they've not forgotten what radio is all about. I mean, sometimes we get caught up in the profitability of stations. And whether or not an industry is making money, but the reality of it is, is that local radio, the FCC didn't design local radio uh, to necessarily be a for-profit business. They don't really <laughs> care if you make a profit or not. What they want you doing is serving your local community, and then hopefully through that service, you'll be rewarded with your business. And I think most independent broadcasters have found that to still be true today. Um, you now, do they have challenges? Absolutely. And the whole point of the IBA is to help with some of those challenges because as an individual operator, take a company like mine, Adams Radio, we're in five markets. We don't have the scale to be able to accomplish some of the things that these bigger companies can do. But through the IBA membership, uh, we do have that scale. We have 1,500 station members, and we're, wow. we're, we're starting to be able to do some things now for the membership that individually none of us could do on our own. So let me ask you a question on that, and Keith, you can jump in any time, but with 1,500 members, for anybody who's not a member, give me three key reasons that IBA really would make sense if you're running a station in uh, Moline, Illinois, or, you know, Valistaka, Georgia, someplace like that. Sure. Well, so, so one of the things that I would say is things like uh, contesting. You know, most radio stations, most independent stations, they don't have the cash money to give away. Uh, they just don't, they can't afford to do it. Uh, but through the power of the IBA, through our membership and the participation level that we've gotten, we've, we're now getting ready to launch our second national cash contest. The first one that we did, uh, it cost each station $250 to participate. That's it. 
but the prize pool was a thousand dollars a day Monday through Friday for eight weeks and that's a pretty big promotion for a station to be able to promote on their air and by the way sell sponsorships too. the sponsorship sales on this contest on average was a 14 times ROI uh, compared to the cost to be part of it. Wow. So the stations made money in addition to having a great contest. In the fall, our registration closes it this Friday. Uh, we've already got 230 stations signed up. Uh, so we know that our fall contest will be at least 50% larger than the spring. But, but our goal was to get to a $90,000 prize. So it'd be giving away 3000 a day for Monday through Friday for six weeks. Um, I, I don't know if we'll get there or not, but we're already, we know we can do at least uh, 2000 a day based on the current uh, signups. And so that's one thing is just promotional. Some of the other things, um, we've got over 30 vendors that have signed on with the IBA to support what we're doing. And what does that mean? It means that those vendors guarantee our membership a minimum of a 20% discount off of whatever they charge everybody else. Uh, and that ranges from anything from people that do voice work to to a, probably at the other end of the extreme would be um, the deal that we did with Broadcast Depot for equipment. So if you're in the market for equipment, they pretty much guarantee us that they will get us that they'll beat anybody's price. Uh, and I can tell you, I'm in the middle of doing a major project down in Tallahassee, and they saved us substantial money on this project. But there are plenty others. I mean, we're working on internal syndication right now, which is an opportunity for members that have programming that is solid enough to be syndicated on other stations to be offered through the IBA to its members. So that just to give you an example, uh, perhaps like in a Fort Wayne situation that I have with country, I have a, a premier product on for mornings, Bobby Bones, mm -hmm. cost me a mm -hmm. fortune. In both barter and cash. Right. Uh, right. But down the road, I'm going to have an opportunity to put on a morning show from one of our IBA members that I'll pay, I'll pay cash to that member, but it's minimal cash. It's basically it's a sharing of expenses. So the member that provides the product saves money. Um, I get a very good product for a relatively small investment and... I don't have to give up barter anymore to these big networks that turn around and use it against me for national business. We're really trying to think all this through on how we, how we put these, these opportunities out there for the members, but there's a, host, a whole host of other things that we've done in the last year to help members. And Ron, it's been fun to, to explore your website and also follow your press releases because you're, you're certainly getting a lot more press than, than Jackson and I are you're you know you're uh, you, you know you're getting some great coverage which is terrific but it's interesting that that you found this niche uh, you've kind of been forced into this because I think as I look at it from the outside because you're not being served as well as you should be perhaps by the RAB they've got a lot of masters and a lot of bigger groups to have to deal with and the same with the NAB so this is you've kind of snuck I don't want to say under the radar but you've kind of snuck in with a real valuable suite of services and expertise that I, I, I'm surprised you're not up to 2,000 stations yet, but congratulations on 1,500. That's outstanding. Well, you know, in all honesty, when we first started this, the whole concept of this really was born at a NAB uh, in 2018. And, and what happened was is that I just, I came to the realization at that NAB that most of what was being offered there 
uh, was really tailored for the big companies. It wasn't tailored for me. I, I realized that after going to the NAB for, I don't know, 30 years, that all of a sudden I was not coming home with a, with a briefcase full of ideas and things that were going to help me. And, um, and I, I was sitting at a luncheon, and on the stage they had all the heads of all the big companies, and everybody was beating their chest about how great they were. And I, I walked out of the luncheon because I thought, you know what, none of this, I, nothing they're saying is going to impact my company. I, I'm not learning a thing here. And I, and I left there, and I sat down with some, some other people, and I threw the concept out that, you know, what if we created an organization that was 100% focused on the independent operator uh, that, that, that is struggling every day to try to keep their radio station going? And that's where it started. And then, of course, COVID uh, came along. And, um, and when that happened, initially, there was a huge... Uh, you guys probably remember it down in Texas. It got a lot of publicity. A food bank that had ten thousand cars waiting to try to get up there, and you know you could see that these people were not normally their customer, and and that sprang us into action. And we we did an event called Radio Cares to raise money for Feeding America. We had over three thousand stations sign up and participate in that, and that was the first time there had ever been a nationwide coast to coast event like that with radio um, from owners of you know small and large all over the board participating together in something. I and mean, we came together for that, and then I followed that up with an email to all of them saying, "Look, if we could come together and do this for people that were in need, you know, perhaps we could come together and, and actually get this organization off the ground." Uh, and help ourselves, and so we started. We started there, and you know we we're up to about fifteen hundred station members. Uh, I would love to see us. You know, there's seven thousand independent stations in the country, and I can't give you a. I I really can't give you a good reason why any one of them wouldn't want to be a member. Our membership cost is extremely low. It's three hundred dollars a year per station. You're going to get that back with one deal that you do with a vendor. And these other things that we create, like, for example, in some markets, they don't have their state associations don't offer legal advice. And some do, but some don't. So we were able to put together a structure for legal advice for the members in our, in our organization that needed it. It's, um, I don't know, I, I mean, it's, you know, I, I love what we're doing. I think we're making a difference. And uh, I don't see us slowing down at all. We've created an organization that is run um, with myself and a board, uh, but our board, one-third of it, turns over every year. So the first one-third will turn over this December. Nobody can serve two consecutive terms. Um, I've agreed to, to, to be the, the face of the organization, if you will, to be the head of the organization uh, through the end of 2022. But then I want somebody else involved in it that, that takes that over because one of the problems I see with a lot of organizations is that they become good old boy clubs. And once you're a board <laughs> member, you're always a board member. And so there's never any new ideas. There's never any real, you know, it, it, it's not a, it becomes no longer a ground up organization. And that's what this is. And, um, yeah, I think we're making a difference. Well, well done. You know, one of the one of the th things that we're hearing a lot, and in fact, uh, we interviewed a woman, Lucy Rice, uh, recently about the subject, and that is the difficulty that all of radio, in particular, but certainly television to a certain extent as well, uh, has in recruiting and retaining and training and developing 
uh, salespeople. What is the IBA doing to kind of help? You know, it's it's got to be even tougher when you're trying to recruit salespeople in Wenatchee or in you know even Las Cruces. What's the what is the organization doing, and how are you helping those operators like yourself find and retain talent? Yeah, and that's the you know that's probably the biggest struggle that radio has today. Um, it really is. It's hard to find salespeople. But as I meet with clients around the country, I find that whether you're in the furniture business or the car business, it doesn't matter. Nobody, the, the word sales has become a dirty word. And young people today in particular are not motivated by money the way our generation was. You know, I, I got into sales because I was the CFO for a radio group. And I kept thinking, you know, every time I go to these radio stations, I see all these Porsches and BMWs (laughs) in the parking lots, and every one of them are being driven by salespeople, so I'm doing something wrong. Um, That, you know, that was our generation. We wanted to do well. Um, Young people today, they don't seem to be motivated just by money alone. That's not that, you know, a lifestyle that the money gives you, that doesn't seem to drive them. And so it is a... It's a big task trying to find salespeople. But what, what are we doing? You know, we're hosting uh, countless seminars, webinars for our members. We've had um, Chuck Mefford with Brandsformation is doing a series. He's doing one a month for us for 12 months. These are free to our members. They don't have to pay a dime for it. And getting access to somebody like Chuck, who is he's not the easiest guy to be able to get access to because he limits how many people he works with. Oh. And um, so we've got that going on with Chuck. We've had Mark Levy on multiple times. We try to find the best people out there that can, what I say to everybody that does a webinar is this, look, this is a great opportunity for you to present your company to our members, and hopefully some of them will want to engage you on a personal level, and you'll make some money from doing this. But the goal behind the webinar is I want our members to be able to walk away with something tangible that they can use that can benefit them whether they ever sign on with you or not. And that they have to agree to that going into it. We've had uh, Lori Kahn with Media Staffing on talking about recruitment and talking about the things people can do differently. And, you know, again, that's an organization that if you're a bigger company, you've probably worked with them before. But if you're in if you're in a small you know if you're in Valdosta, Georgia, odds are you may not have worked with them. You may know of them and you may have heard of them, but you you haven't worked with them. And so, getting advice from from uh, professionals at that level for our membership, I think is um, it, it's making a big difference for them on how they approach things. Did, did I see a job board as well on your site? Well, so we're going to we're going to ultimately have a job board where our members can post and hire and whatnot. The job board you saw, we put on there when iHeart uh, started laying off a lot of people last year. All of a sudden, we we just saw, you know, literally hundreds of people losing their jobs. And I said to our web designer, you know, I want to get something up there where people can go there. These people that are losing their jobs can go there and. Uh, list their resumes and their and their um, interest in in working in radio still that they can put it out there and maybe some of our members will have an opportunity for them and I, I can't tell you today how many of them may have found jobs through that but I can tell you we had when it was all said and done uh, and I don't remember the exact number but I think we had close to a hundred on-air people list themselves on there to try to find a way to land 
And so we were just trying to help, really. It was like all of a sudden you got a big chunk of people out of work. You know, what can we do to help them? Ron, uh, uh, first of all, uh, kudos on one thing I noticed you've changed. You've gone to a flat fee on the membership, and I think that's a, that's a big benefit. One of the other questions, though, that Keith and I talked about was the relationship that Ad Large and I guess they're now, it's, is it G Media now? How, how do they integrate into the sales process for all of these stations? Sure. So um, G Media is actually what was Sun Broadcast. Uh, that, Gen- that Gen Media had acquired from Jason Bailey, and I'm not really sure what's going on over there. Um, <laughs> the ad large situation. So when we first started this, you know, again we were in the middle of COVID, and if you remember last April, you know, a lot of radio stations took hits. Some, some, some was were off by sixty percent, mm-hmm. and so no, you know nobody had cash. I mean, we were all trying to figure out how we were going to keep the lights on, let alone do anything else. Um, so when we launched this, I, my, we had a board meeting and the original goal was it was going to be an all cash flat fee, but, um, some, some of them brought up the idea that maybe we should find a way to, you know, to save these folks some cash and give them an alternative. And so that's how the ad large, uh, network came in got, became part of this. But what's happened over the last year is the station's inventory is, you know, because people are recovering. I mean, we're getting better. Every month's better than the month before. True. And, uh, and, and so as stations recovered and inventory got better, they, they didn't really want to run that inventory. And, and I'll be honest with you, it was a double-edged sword for me personally mm-hmm. because one of the whole focuses of the IBA is to try to find ways to reduce the amount of inventory that that independent stations are having to give to these big networks because the fact is is that once they have their claws into your inventory they use that inventory to go after clients like home depot and geico and other big national clients that we used to get national money from but we don't anymore because they're getting access to our station through these very inexpensive network spots and so the goal is try to reduce that dependency on their products and get your inventory back and so uh, I was really torn on that whole thing but as we got through the year and more and more people were saying I don't really have the inventory to run this anymore I went back to the board and I said you know we've got to readdress this and I think the way we readdress it is it it is a per station cash fee minimal dollars three hundred dollars a year no barter you know let's let's not be talking out of both sides of our mouths anymore where network right. is concerned. And so that's why we made that change. No, that was really smart. I think the, the thing that uh, Keith and I have talked a lot about is the, at, at essence, Barter or the national networks have really destroyed national business for radio. It just no is, just, just eviscerated that side of the business. So does Ad Large have a relationship with the radio stations at this point in terms of putting together an unwired network? Yeah, so it's um, you know they they have it until you know we we started signing up members in September of last year, and so as memberships renew, uh, every every so so one thing that's different about us is that nobody gets automatically renewed. If you if you want to remain a member of the IBA, you have to make a conscious decision to do it. So everybody will get invoices starting in September to say, look, your year is up. If you want to remain a member you got to go on and sign on to do that. And 
I think that's important because then you know that the people that are that are supporting the organization really truly do believe in it, uh, and it's not just something they forgot about and it rolled over. Um, so as those renew, those stations, if they if they want to continue doing something with Ad Large, they can certainly do it and be part of a network with them if they choose to. But it will not be through the IBA. Well, it will not be a sponsored IBA sponsored uh, opportunity. Keith, we've got time for one more question from both of us. I've got one. You go with yours. Okay. Well, you know, Ron, you know, I, I've got a soft spot in my heart for, even though I started in Los Angeles in my career, and, you know, so I started at the top, worked my way to smaller markets, ended up in Tucson at one point, working for a family-owned operation. So, you know, I have a lot of empathy and, and experience, you know, where the dad was the owner, mom and dad were the owner, and the son was the GM, and the other son was the NSM, and the daughter was the morning co-host. So it was like, you know, it was, a, it was a, an amazing experience and great contrast from having worked at, you know, big national companies. So I, you know, get the idea, you know, when you, when you have to go out and get trade for the air conditioning unit for mom and dad's right. house, you know, but, that, but that's Tucson. That's still market 60, 62. And I know here, like in Los Angeles, we have one of those examples where Saul Levine and his family own KKGO and they also operate KJZ, a, a non-com jazz station. Are there, are, are there guys like Saul that are members of the group? You know, will you go as big as in L.A. to find an independent member? Or, or, is, it, or is, it, is it, you know, are there still some of those guys around that still want to help out? I would have to go and look and see if, uh, if, if Saul actually is a member. I'd have to look it up and see. But um, I can tell you I've had conversations with him. I've had conversations, you know, we've got, you know, the Frischlings with Steel City Media out of Pittsburgh, yeah, uh, our yeah. members, Tony Renda's company, which he's in Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, Florida, um, is a member. We've got members in every state. There's not a single state in the country we don't have members from. I think, you know, the, 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 bigger, the bigger the company is and the bigger the market they are and the more revenue and profits that they have diminishes their need for the IBA. But from my perspective, if you're an independent operator, whether, whether you actually need us or not, you should still support this organization. Because at the end of the day, this is all coming down to two different kinds. It's almost like we're in two different worlds, right? You've got the world of public radio, I mean, publicly traded companies. You've got their world, which is really focused on hyper syndication you know, get rid of the studios in your in your markets, do everything from tracking from afar, run everything in a hub and spoke way. You know, they're not operating at all like independent operators which are fully focused on uh on their local markets. Fully focused. And so if you're a big if you're an independent operator and you're in LA or New York or wherever you are, you should be looking at the IBA and saying, I'm gonna support this if for no other reason that the independent broadcasters need to survive. Yeah, we we okay. need them to survive because I tell you, and I believe this with everything in me, if radio was to go away tomorrow, the, the folks that think Pandora and Spotify and all these digital things can replace radio, here's where they're wrong. The first time there's a major event in a market, hurricane, tornado, whatever the case may be, none of those digital services... Not Facebook, not Google, not any of those places, none of those companies are going to show up in a Valdosta, Georgia, and help the local community. Right. The, the only organization that's going to do that are independent mom-and-pop radio stations 
that that's their life, that's their love, and they will do everything they can to help that community get back on its feet. And if we lose that in this country, I tell you, I don't think there's anything to fill that void. I don't know what it would be. Good, good, good answer, Ron. I, I think this uh, shows how Keith and I have been working together too long because my final question was exactly the same thing. <laughs> is is any market too large for what you're doing? And I, I think you, you answered that really well. Hey, there's so many things that uh, we could talk about that we could go on for hours, but we promised we'd take less than a half an hour. And I just wanted to thank you uh, real quickly. What's your website if anybody's watching this that isn't a member and wants to find out more information? Sure. It's, uh, it's www.iba.media. Super. And there's, uh, they can learn a lot. There's, there's actually a, a page on there that actually says, you know, why should you join? So uh, it, it kind of lists out a lot of the things that, that we've done. Uh, you know, one, one thing that, that, Jackson, that I might mention before, before we go, that we're, you know, in addition to that internal syndication, uh, that we've just recently launched some digital assets for the members, very affordable, uh, where they can, they can have a full website uh, populated with all the things they need, uh, in addition to the Alexa skills and um, mobile products, all for, get this, $59 a month per station. That's great. No barter. No barter. See, yeah, I, I saw Michael's uh, presentation on that, and it was a very impressive package for almost no money. Really good. Well, yeah. and for $59, Jackson, we, we could get some Alexa skills. Because <laughs> we have no Alexa skills. <laughs> yeah, it's this that, that I think says everything about what it is we're trying to do, is, is we're trying to give the independents the same tools everybody else has in a way that they can afford to actually have them. Good on you. Well, good yeah, on you, good job. And Keith, along that line of Alexa skills, we're still looking for any <laughs> skills we do have. So let's let's keep let's keep looking. <laughs> hey, Ron, thanks so much for joining us, uh, hey. Media Consultant, this uh, morning. I really appreciate your time. Best of luck with IBA, and we'll look forward to talking to you in the near future. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ron. Enjoyed it very much. All the best.